Sweet. We are live. Welcome. This is Bo Richards, and I'm your host of the Beyond Red and Blue podcast, and with me is my co-host, Dan Humphrey. What's up? So we tried, everybody. We seriously tried to go without actually talking about the presidential debates. We thought, why would you <laughs> want to talk about them? And then we reasoned that we have a podcast that is about politics to try and make them not political. So we kind of have to talk about a political debate. So today is going to be that discussion. We will be discussing the political debates and it will be terrible because they were a fucking shit show. (laughs) Absolutely. Jesus fuck. Just ridiculous. Yeah. So I'll start with you. Kind of give me your impressions. Give me your highlights. (laughs) There's no highlights. It's all low lights. Um, If I'm being perfectly honest uh, and, and I'd like to be transparent, I didn't even make it through the whole thing. I didn't watch the highlights and stuff, but it was, it was incredibly obvious very soon into that, whatever you want to call it. It was not a debate, um, that there was no substance to be had. Uh, it was, it was just a big dick, big dick swinging contest. And, uh, it, it, it was shameful on, on behalf of, of, America on behalf of anyone who calls himself a leader on behalf of what politics should be on behalf of grownups <laughs> at just about every level. It was, it was just sad. Yes. Um, I would add Americans to that list too. Yeah. Um, because we collectively made this happen. Like these two were elected by the people. Now, we could make an argument, let's say, that there was a little bit of finagling that caused these two, among other people, to be put in this position, but we, I think, collectively as a country um, created this debacle. I would say, I would agree with that at the point of, um, I think we get what we deserve. And what I mean by that is these two candidates, as terrible as they are, are really just symptoms of the problem. They're not, you know, Trump is not the problem. Biden's not the problem. They are symptoms of the problem of the hijacking of our political system mm-hmm. by, you know, special interest groups, lobbyists, people with money, things like that. And the way they've been able to influence politics um, gives us a Trump. It produces a Biden uh, so as Americans, and and don't get me wrong, it's you know everybody has stuff to do. They can't spend twenty four seven thinking about politics, but it's pretty easy not to worry about it and just assume that adults are running things and it's going to be fine. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. um, there have been shenanigans behind the scenes for quite a while now, and the uh, the whole apparatus has rotten from the inside. What's uh? What's that saying about um, assuming it makes an ass out of you and me? That's right. Um, yeah. So one thing I find interesting, I'll start with this just because you were talking about um, the behind the scenes hijacking of the political party. Uh, Biden was actually very, uh, very vocal about this at the beginning of the, I forget, probably like seven minutes in. The first like two minutes were uh, the moderator talking. Um, so maybe it was even before then, but he was, he, he made this statement, I am the democratic party and, um, I'm not entirely, I think it was less an assertion of his like power 
in terms of what we're talking about, about the hijacking behind the scenes of the political system. I think it was more an assertion of, you know, Trump saying that he's a puppet for radical left-wingers. Um, so he was like, that's not true. I am the Democrat. He didn't say it this way, but, you know, his response would then be, I am the Democratic Party, so you're wrong, basically. But it, to what you said about, uh, you know, behind-the-scenes hijacking, I thought it was funny that he decided to declare that he uh, is not, you know, being puppeted by Bernie and Kamala and <laughs> AOC and Hillary and wh- whoever, you know. Um, I don't think any of those people are puppeting him because none of those people are writing checks. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, who's the donors? Who's writing checks? Yep. Who has business interests? And what laws do they need passed? Yeah. Um, so... Trump was very civil for the first seven minutes of the debate, which is the time it took for the moderator to introduce himself, both the candidates, lay out the rules, ask the question, and then um, I think let Biden finish. Because Trump went first, and then he had his talk, and then Biden talked, and then Trump didn't really interrupt him. And then everything went downhill. I also think too, like, as I, I don't know if the two were fatigued, um, knowing now that it's possible Trump had COVID during the uh, um, the debate, it's possible he was fatigued. But as the sure. as the questions were asked, their answers just got worse and less. Like they seemed to get more nonsensical and have less substance. Um, and the reason I think that is because, in, in part, is because they talked over each other more as it went on. But that could have just been too because of tension and stress and like they're combative but like the answer to the first question that was asked they didn't they had different answers that weren't antithesis right so they each had different answers to the question that didn't directly contradict each other pretty much all the other questions one of them would say something and the the other one would basically say that person was wrong and that they were right and so Part of that was by design. A lot of the questions were like, why are you the candidate and not the other person? So you kind of have a little <laughs> bit of that. The questions were kind of bad, um, I thought, but uh, I thought that could have been way better. But I did notice as, as it went on after l- watching it twice um, because I am sadist and decided to watch the debate <laughs> twice. Um, Thank you, sir. May I please have another? Yeah. And so it will balance out your your partially watching it so that we've got one full watch between the, between the two of us. Right. Um, but it did seem that as the debate went on that uh, the answers became more of you're wrong, I'm right. You know, suck my dick. Nan and a boo-boo. Yeah, yeah, like, um, and then, which was unfortunate. Uh, I had high hopes for about, like I said, about seven minutes. Um, actually, it's closer to 10, so I actually have a note here. Ten minutes into the debate, Trump starts to go on the offensive against the moderator as well as Joe Biden. Um, so that yeah. was Chris Wallace, right? He's a Fox guy. Yeah, he's like the only moderate at Fox, I think, though. Okay. Or the only Democrat. Um, that's right, Chris Wallace. Like I knew his first name was Chris, but I can't remember his last name. Um. So yeah, uh, my impressions or my highlights were that um, I didn't get the impression that either of them actually wanted to be there. <laughs> um, 
I didn't get the impression that either of them cared about the topics being asked. I didn't get the Trump just what I expected from Trump is that he would show up, feel like he had better things to do, um, be divisive for the purpose of you know divisive for the purposes of being divisive to like just to stir shit up and not really give any fucks and then leave because it's kind of his mo he's kind of always been like that since like the 80s from what i understand he just kind of like doesn't give a fuck so in terms of performance that's what i expected that's what he gave so i've heard a lot of i've seen i haven't read any articles just because i didn't want to have a colored opinion of of the debate i kind of wanted to be all my own uh, my own opinion but about who won the debate and i think simply because biden lost control a little bit i think and trump accomplished exactly what i feel like he wanted to i feel like he won the debate on those grounds only only yeah. on those grounds i want to be clear on, <clears> on that those like grounds, yeah. um like i don't i don't think his purpose was to go to the debate and like wow the the voters with like policy knowledge to, to sway people i think he went there just to be an asshole well it's it, if they were having a contest to see who could piss farther up the rope yeah congratulations trump you did it well, and like, like if there's going to be a competition for that, like he's the one who's best suited. And like he went in and delivered and like none of it shocked me. Honestly, it was hilarious because I expected it and his insults are just ridiculous. Um, but it like you could tell it really got to Biden. And, um, and I, could, I could be off base about both of them. But like I said, Trump just gave me the impression that he had no fucks. Part of that is because he didn't really ever look at the camera. He was only ever looking at Biden or Chris Wallace. Or nothing, he would just kind of like stare off, not like vacantly, but he would talk and like you, you couldn't see who he was looking at. Hmm. Um, Biden had the opposite tactic in that he would answer Chris Wallace and stare at him for like thirty seconds or ten or however long, and then he would directly look at one of the cameras with it and gesture with his hand towards the camera mm-hmm. in an attempt to um, address the American people. Right. But it was like a very obvious attempt and it felt forced and rehearsed and it it did not feel genuine to me. And and I could be off base on that, but my my impression, and it actually was solidified later in the debate with something that ha- happened between uh, the two of them, but um, I did, it, it, it just didn't feel genuine to me. It felt like, like obviously he was coached and he would listen to it because, I mean, you have to, you have, you know, debate moderators who are going to kind of help you through the process and kind of explained yet where you should put yourself and he's been doing this for 47 years so he kind of knows how to talk and you get prep and you need it mm-hmm. most people need it i don't think trump had any he probably didn't care but um i could tell that they were like look you need to address him and then address the people address chris the moderator and then address the people address trump and then address the people but you need to bring it back to the people so that they know that you're the people's candidate that's the impression that i got is that he wanted to make it very very clear that he was the people's candidate and so he tried to look at the camera and gesture with his hands and call you from the television screen or the laptop and believe in him. Sure. And I just did, I didn't buy it. I just didn't buy it. I don't disagree um, with that as a strategy. No. I, I don't even think that it's a good strategy. I think yeah. it'd be done really well. Some people are really good at it. I think the main thing is is just Trump had him shook. Yeah. Which is why he he looks so awkward doing it. Um. And I, and I'll say this with the the context that I don't believe either of them any farther than I can throw them, 
Um, it's just that Biden does have that experience, so he should at least be able to pretend to be a good politician. But Trump had him shook. Yes. Um, so he, you know, saying whatever message that he had crafted or his team had crafted for him beforehand, uh, you know, that's just part of the game, mm-hmm. which is frustrating to me. But, you know, if it is what it is. Um, but yeah, it's he Trump got under his skin. So when he did try to pull it back and talk to the camera and talk to the yeah. people, um, you could see it on his face that he was, uh, <laughs> yeah. he was having a tough time. Interestingly, Biden is the first person to interrupt somebody. It wasn't Trump. About seven minutes in, Biden interrupted Trump. I forget exactly what he said, but he interrupted him. And it was a slight interruption. Trump kept going. Biden stopped. Um, then it was before he had he came out and was like, you know, I am the Democratic Party. Uh, but um, Which uh, candidates have been doing that since forever. No, really. they have. It was just really interesting because... The whole debate, what people remember is that Trump interrupted Biden a lot because he did do it a lot and he did it a, a lot, lot more. <laughs> yeah, he did it a lot. It, but it was just funny to me that um, Biden was actually the one to do that. Right. Well, and, and Trump even fucking mentioned that. Something to the effect of, not exactly, but something to the effect of, you started it. Yeah. You interrupted me first. Well, uh, Chris, Children, Wall- Chris Wallace was out. like, you know, I'm talking to you specifically, Mr. President, about um, letting the other person finish. And he's like, he's like, okay, but. You know, him too. Him too. Like, you know, he, he's been doing some of it too, you know? Um, but yeah, I thought that was very interesting. Um, Trump starts to go on the offensive about 10 minutes in and it, like I said, I don't think that he took any advice or listened to any advice about what to do from what I understand. And I don't understand a lot, but what I understand, he tends to disregard the advice of his policy, like his, uh, cabinet members. Yeah. Um, he kind of just tends to go off on the ha- do his own thing. Um, so I'm not sure if he intended the whole time to be very disruptive or not. Like, it, it's hard to say because he's a disruptive individual, but I don't know if, like, maybe he actually was like, hey, maybe I'll answer some questions. But um, Chris Wallace uh, calls him out on something um, and about 10 minutes in and uh, about Obamacare. And um, that's what started it. Hmm. He, Chris Wallace was basically like, he's like, you have never in these, uh, um, what do you say? Uh, you've never in, in these four years come up with a comprehensive plan to replace Obamacare. Even though he's talked about replacing it sen- right. since he ran during his, his nomination. It's a fair question. Yeah. And um, so Trump, like in the middle of that question and then towards the end when he finished, um, was like interrupting and was like, no, 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 I've done stuff. Um, now, to be fair, uh, Trump's answer wasn't that he had a comprehensive plan, even though he said he did. His example was a repeal of a certain portion of Obamacare. Um, I think it was the the individual requirement, like you have to have health care coverage or you get fined. I think that's what he re- re- removed. Mm. Um, but he didn't actually address the claim that he doesn't have a his own comprehensive plan. Um, which I thought was interesting. And that's that's kind of the, that probably is, um, if anyone, uh, what's it, too late, don't read. Um, none of the, uh, either of the candidates had really a comprehensive plan for any of the questions that were asked. They yeah, all, there was no real substance. No, no, they all, they all skirted over pretty much all the questions. Yeah. Like I said, the first question, they both kind of answered, they answered in, in different ways, but I thought it was moderately satisfactory. And so I figured if I can go over that first question, give their answers and just, 
because they're both interesting. So the question is, why are why are you right, each candidate, uh, about um, the Supreme Court pick during now? Right, because Trump, for those who are uh, living in Iraq or um, in the woods, uh, wants to has nominated somebody to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and um, basically all political liberals are up in arms about it for a variety of reasons, some of which I think are probably valid, some of which it's just political crying, political tears. Um, So like, why is it correct to pick one and why is it not? Um, Trump's claim is that, you know, he had two real claims. He's like, well, first, the first one is that because we won the election. So, and he actually said this, he's like, we won the election and that has consequences. Ah. That was like the first thing out of his mouth was we can do it because we won the election and that has consequences. And that kind of set the tone. That was very interesting. Um, but then his other reason is like, you know, we have the right to do it. Like um, later on in the, in the back and forth, you know, he's like presidents are elected for four years, not three. Right. He's still got a good amount of time left. And Biden's argument was that people should have a say in who gets nominated to the Supreme court, which I think is true. And since voting has already begun in some States, it's not right for the president and the Senate to elect a social justice or sorry, a Supreme court justice. Um, they probably shouldn't elect a social justice. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> um, you know, it should be done after the election. Um, and one of the things that he cites and why Obamacare came up is because he cites, you know, one of the things on the table is uh, getting rid of Obamacare because Trump's been vocal about it. Get another conservative judge, all the 6-3 majority. It'll be almost impossible to not repeal it. Um, and he's like 20 million people will be without health insurance. Um, and then the the whole I am the Democratic Party and uh, um, Trump inter- starting his interruptions and stuff started as a result of the Obamacare issue. But I thought that both were not antithesis to each other um, and both made good points. Like, you are elected for four years. This seems like a natural thing for you to do is to pick a Supreme Court nominee. And the, I mean, Obama attempted to do this. He just didn't have the Senate. And so the Senate blocked it, which is a power well, it, problem it, in and of itself, but the hypocrisy it of, is of that whole yeah. thing, and and it was Lindsey Graham, yeah, recorded that use my words against me, and yet they're not, other than playing that clip every once in a while, uh, and by use my words against me, he was arguing at the time that Obama should not be allowed to add a justice because it was seven or eight months till an election or something. It was an election year, months and months away. Yeah, and so they held it for a long time. Yeah, so they they're gonna hold it, and Lindsey Graham, you can find this video. Go ahead and uh, look it up on YouTube. Is seen saying after making a case why he should not be allowed to elect a justice mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court, that he then says, "Use my go ahead and use my words against me. If this comes up again, use my words against me." And sure enough, here we are. And Lindsey Graham is arguing that Trump should be allowed to yeah. replace the justice a month out from an election. Yeah. And it's like I said, in some states during an election. Yeah. And it, I mean, it it highlights really well. It's a great example of the fact that um, what politicians say have zero repercussions. You can lie yes. right to the American people. You can say something like, use my words against me. Ooh, that's how you can tell I'm telling the truth. No, because it, it genuinely doesn't matter. No, a lot of the time it doesn't. And it, yeah. There was no negative, nothing negative came back except for maybe some memes or some bad tweets on Lindsey Graham for having said that. 
Yeah. Didn't affect his political career whatsoever. So yeah, who cares? Just say the say the face noises that will get people to do what you want them to do, yeah. and then move on. Yeah, it's a very interesting situation because of the uh, the right leaning skew that it'll create in the Supreme Court. Um, a lot of for people, decades. Yeah, well, for the 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 new the nominee, I, I'm forgetting her full name offhand, but she's like 48. Yeah. So yeah. I mean. If she lives as long as Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she'll be on there for 40 years. Yeah. That's a really long fucking time. And, you know, we're going to lose a few other Supreme Court justices in the next five years because a few of the other ones are in their 80s too. Like, they're getting old. Um, So it's possible. But, like, that creates some legitimate issues. Um, They actually didn't talk a huge amount about Roe v. Wade, which I was was curious about. I I thought that they would have talked a little bit more about Roe v. Wade. The only thing that really came up is that um, Biden claimed that um, it's all the other reason he thought it was a problem outside of Obamacare was that because Roe Ro v. Wade is on the docket, is on the Supreme Court docket, something to that. He didn't say docket, but he said it's one. It's you know, it's it's on their list to review or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. And Trump is like, no, it's not on the ballots. What he said, Trump's like, um, you don't know that. There's been no talk of Roe v. Wade being on the ballot. And that's a big thing from what I understand with the, the, the Supreme Court nominee is everyone everyone basically is like scouring through all of her speeches and her policy directives and everything and being like, at what point did she say, if she did, that Roe v. Wade should be overturned? Because that's like the big issue. Yeah, Probably a bigger issue, honestly, than Obamacare, I think, for a lot of people. Um, personally, I, I think it's a bigger issue, but... Um, but so that'll be- which, which to me it, it it that seems so misguided. It's like yeah, you can have an abortion, you just can't pay for it. <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> where's our priorities here? Or or it's honestly to me, and you know, again, the uh, genesis of this podcast is um, all of that takes a backseat to the loss of the republic. Yes. Yeah, your laws ain't going to mean shit yep. if there is no one to enforce them and no courts to uh, to rule over them. Yeah. My big thing, and um, this is, unless we ever have it, like a long discussion about Roe v. Wade um, in abortion rights, my big issue with it, it, it's actually really simple for me. I think women should have control over their own reproductive rights. That period. Like, I don't, I understand, I actually have decently, I've looked into a decent amount of the more conservative, like the pro-life view of abortion, and I get it. I understand it completely. Um, I just, I don't think that that should violate a woman's right to choose what she does with her body. Right. Even even if I like, because because for me the big issue is I don't think that there are actually that many people out there in the world who actively just think abortion is a good thing. Like right. <laughs> like even even pro even pro choice individuals, I would defy them to be like abortion is great. It's great in as much as it gives women the right to choose. Right. That's it. The actual practice is not a good thing. I, I don't think anyone actually debates that or thinks that that's the case, but no one talks about that. No one is like, this isn't good. It's not something that I think some women are probably going to take advantage of it because some people do that. That's what people do. You're going to find them. There's probably going to be a small amount of them, but there's going to be women who take advantage of this. Most, though, are going to, I would assume, would do this in probably the more dire of circumstances. Yeah. And it's like, that should be on them. I think there's there's a line to be drawn somewhere. Sure. And it's it's a tough one. That's like, a different conversation. Late though, term, right? yeah. eight months, three weeks. Yeah, that's too late to have an abortion. <laughs> um, you could make the case that if the child 
is able to survive outside of the womb, uh, maybe. I personally like the idea of uh, at the formation of the prefrontal cortex. Sure. Um, because that is what <clears throat> makes us uniquely human. Um, and that is what you could say gives us our own self-awareness and consciousness. At that point, it seems to be a potential place to um, say that that's now a human being versus sure, yeah. a zygote, a collection of cells. Yeah. No, that's silly. Um, but yeah, if you've got a prefrontal cortex, that should count for something. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think that's 20 weeks in or something like that. Um, so that's a discussion to be had, but yeah, I definitely agree a woman should have that choice. Um, yeah, and that's really all my, my, like I said, my position is very simple. I, I think that the discussion is basically what you said. The actual nuanced discussion, I don't think should be a matter of, um, whether or not women can or can't, I, th I think it should be a matter of when. Yeah. And that's a legitimate discussion. And that's a hard discussion, right? Because there are going to be situations where women don't find out for a while. It's true. And, 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 that, and that's actually a problem. But, like, and here's the thing, and I'll try and say this delicately if I can, but if we have, there's really not a way, a way to say this delicately. If you have rights, you have to be responsible. That's part and parcel of having rights. Yeah. Not only am I responsible for the rights that you carry personally, individually, as a human, I'm responsible for everyone else's rights too. And I'm also responsible for my own rights. That's why, in part, I don't run around and incite violence and beat the shit out of people I don't know and pee in people's cars and light stuff up like, and do dumb stuff. Right? Not you, anymore, at least. Yeah, and so it's like, you don't like people who do that stuff. Why? Because they're irresponsible. That's why you don't like them. You like them because they're assholes. And what are assholes? They're irresponsible because they violate your rights, quote, end quote, in whatever way that they do that, whether it's imagined or not. They do, they do inappropriate things that are the things that children would do, which makes them irresponsible. And so I think that if we're going to have legal rights, as women should have, there has to be some amount of responsibility for that. And they already actually bear a lot of responsibility because they get pregnant. And it's a big responsibility. Right. That's you. It's life changing. It's, it is actually life changing. It's a minimum right? of the next 18 years of yeah. your life. And you're kind of stuck. And so, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's a, I think having clearly defined limits on that is important for that responsibility because sometimes you're going to come out on the other side and it's like, well, that's part and parcel of essentially being irresponsible. Right? Yeah. You know, in, in, there are going to be cases where that isn't the case. Like that's partly why I'm, you know, I'm trying to not be, uh, um, you know, super rude. Cause like there's sometimes you just, you just don't know, or there might be an actual reason to do it, to get an abortion outside of whatever time limit people decide to do. But, um, that's an honest discussion that needs to be had and it, it'll be a hard discussion. People aren't going to like it on both sides. There's going to be a lot of anger because what's the right thing to do? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I do know that the wrong thing is to not allow women to make the choice. Yeah. I, I, that, that seems self-evident to me. Um, but be that as it may, maybe we should uh, move on from that and we can talk a, a lot longer about that later on down on the road. Be interesting to get uh, um, two different guests, like a pro-life or pro-choice guest. Yeah, who, who and are a willing, female perspective. Yeah, right? who, who are willing to be civil. I'm very aware that we're a couple of dudes talking yeah. about this. <laughs> Also very true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, 
let me just check through my notes here. Uh, Trump had a funny joke um, at one point. Uh, the moderator told him to like let Joe Biden finish, and Joe Biden's like, he never lets anybody finish. And Trump was like, you'd be surprised. <laughs> or he's like, he's, he's not good in getting, letting people finish or something like that. And the Trump oh. was like, you'd be surprised. I don't know if he met it, chief, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if he met it inappropriately, but it was amazing. Oh, he did. He did. He did. It was uh, um, hilarious. Uh, the debate actually falls apart at 13 minutes in. So the debate is minus the introduction. I think is one hour and 31 minutes, mm -hmm. and minus a little bit at the end. Um, it's just over 90 minutes, and it completely falls apart. At 13 minutes. I believe 13 minutes is when uh, Biden is like, oh, shut up, man. Like, that was what he said that everyone freaked out about. Yeah. And yep. I, I believe that was 13 minutes in. If okay. it wasn't, that is around the time where it becomes very clear that Biden is uh, frustrated and frazzled and it, yeah. Trump has just gotten under his skin. Because after that, it's just a derailment. Everything is just gone. Honestly, I think that was that was Trump's only strategy, if you can call it that. Like, I, I think he it went was successful. Yeah, I think he went into it, and and really, it's it's just him doing his thing. That's that's just Trump being Trump. So I, it gave me the impression that he went in to freestyle it. He's not going to look up any facts or any of that stupid bullshit. Uh, you know, he had a couple on hand, but the strategy is not to woo the American people on the merits of this platform. Mm -hmm. It's I'm going to go dunk on Joe. Watch this. Yeah, and he did. Well, Joe Biden even mentioned later on, he's like, um, this is what Trump wants. He wants to disrupt the whole process. Mm -hmm. It worked for him in 16. I don't think it's going to work for him this time, though, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. I'm not entirely sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of chatter about the silent majority. Yeah. Um, I mean, we live in a very liberal state in a very liberal area. True. Where there's not a lot of conservatives, so it's hard for me to say for sure if there's just a large amount of the only conservatives I actually know that are like legitimate conservatives in the area that I live in moved to North Carolina. So, um, there you go. So, I don't, I'm, I'm sure there are people that I know that actually are conservative. I, you know, it, um, for those of us, for those of you listening, even though Dan and I did start a podcast to, to depolarize con political conversations, we don't actually talk about politics all that much outside of the podcast. We, no, not really. In jujitsu, like, we don't talk about politics. We mostly just talk about life and how to be better people. Yeah. And depending on who's around, we'll talk about Russian literature because it's super interesting. But at least I will. That's what I like to talk about because I read a lot of Russian literature. But mostly we just talk about being human. Um, but yeah, and so I, I don't know if people are you know, conservative and don't want to tell anyone because they're nervous. But that seems to be the consensus. So I actually wouldn't be surprised if people we know from the gym are legitimately conservative and just don't say much sure um, well even, do, even if you're not i mean the whole defund the police and, and taking those different stances uh i mean this really is for me beyond red and blue in that these are the things that threaten the republic that's why i'm concerned that's why i wanted to do a podcast and, and talk about this kind of stuff um baseline politics i i don't really think about them much at all um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a political hound like that, but when it comes to fucking the whole thing up, if, if there is an actual regime change and we are no longer a democratic republic, um, that scares the shit out of me. So you, uh, 
that's got my attention. You heard, did, you heard Biden come out and directly say that he is uh, against abolishing the police, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I've heard him make those statements. It, but what concerns me uh, along those lines is, uh, you know, not so much Joe. I, it, I don't think Biden, it, Biden's going to be kind of a milk toast in office if he gets in, I think. Even I though think, he said he was the Democratic Party. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. He's, he, he, he's just an old politician. The younger blood, Kamala Harris, keep a close eye on her. Anybody that has her ear and most specifically any of the people that are actually um, making changes on behalf of the woke movement, you know, yeah. getting, getting curriculums and school changed and, and things like that. Uh, that is way more important than even healthcare in my mind. Sure. Um, and so that, that potentially, and, and those are the same people that do want to, you know, either extremely defund or actually abolish the police. Yeah, yeah. Um, none of which is good for anybody. Uh, no, no, very. I agree, very yeah. true. And he, he was, he was like, I do, I, I do not want to defund the police. And actually, if I remember right, that was the point where my girlfriend, she was like, he's going to lose voters. Right there, it was there. There might have been another point, but I think that was the one. And I think she's right, like coming out so staunchly yeah. um, on the notion of you know, the, the, the woke movement. Um, I'll probably start referring to them as the social justice movement or social justice activists um as well the woke movement it's less syllables that's true yeah so we, we could, I'll, 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 I'll they'll be the same i think synonymous mm -hmm. going forward I, I use social justice because uh um broadly speaking a lot of the theories that we've talked about critical race theory critical theory um queer theory are all apparently now they've all been kind of lumped under social justice theory by actual theorists and the the academics who are kind of pushing this to students Okay. So that that's partly why I would do it is so that I, in my own head I can keep it with how they use it. So I'm using sure. their terms. Um, so speaking of that, um, one of the questions that was asked, it looks like it was like question 10, maybe question 11. It was hard to actually get all the questions down because he asked quite a few. Um, Chris asked, Chris Wallace asked, why should voters trust you rather than your opponent to deal with the race issues facing the country over the next four years? Um, now, and I'm going to directly quote what Biden says, and then this reminds me of what you said about the woke movement. It's about equity and equality. It's about decency. It's about the constitution. And we have never walked away from trying to require equity for everyone, equality for the whole of America. He talked a little bit and then he went back and he said, we have never accomplished it, but we have never walked away from it like he, Trump has. So he does not explain the difference between equity and equality here. Assuming he even understands what that is. And assuming he means that there's something different. Yeah. Like that's actually part of it. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he said that because he knows that's the phrasing that people use, but he assumes it means uh, equality. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to right click because I'm using Word, Word document with notes. I'm going to read off the synonyms for equality fairness equal opportunity parity impartiality egalitarianism i'm then going to right click on equity and look at the synonyms fairness justice parity impartiality fair play if memory serves i think fair play and then um 
whatever the last one was on equality were different. The other four, I think, were the same. Yeah. Or they were close. So broadly speaking, they roughly mean the same thing. The, the other big difference, I think, is parody. I don't think parody was um, a synonym. Yeah, oh, no, it was. Okay, so essentially, according to word, they're the same word. Well, see, the problem is... Is they're not actually the same word. Is Well, no, this dictionary that you're using is a white supremacist dictionary. And by definition, they are trying to oppress by using these commonly understood and documented definitions that everybody agrees on just to hold down minority groups. Sure. It's all about oppression. So... But now this, this is give, what, give them the yeah. understood definition, the new definition of so, equity. So yeah, and so for for listeners and viewers and such, uh, to go, we've gone over this a couple of times, but the actual difference between equity and equality is uh, quite simple to explain. Equality um, means equality of opportunity. That's it. So there's an equal opportunity. Um, which is partly how our country was designed to be founded. Now, there were obviously problems with how it was founded because it was not an equal opportunity country, but that was the purpose of meritocracy, of liberalism, of free markets, of freedom, you know, um, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Equity is equality of outcome. Another way to phrase that actually is parity. And so that gives you an idea of, of the, the definition issue here with word, but because it, it basically equates both of the words, equality and equity is the same thing, but, um, or parity. Another way to look at it is people are equal across all outcomes, which is actually a problem. Uh, definitely, mm -hmm. like uh, <laughs> mathematically it's a problem, yep. but it's, it's also legitimately a problem because people are different. And so at what point, where do you stop parity? Because like, you may ask the question or someone may think like, well, you know, I'd, racial equity would be good. It'd be good if, you know, whatever the, what is it like, the average black family has like a $1,700 saved up in the bank and the, is it worth $1,700 or $11,000 or whatever, and the average white family is worth $150. It'd be nice if there was some parity there for whatever reason. Maybe, sure. maybe that's necessary. <clears throat> maybe it's not, but let's just say that that's what you want. So, okay, that seems fine. But- the problem isn't that we do one thing and then there's apparent equity. The problem is, okay, well now black and white families have the same amount of net worth monetarily. What else can we, what else can we create equity with? Like, and then you go down the line and it's like, okay, well jobs aren't equal. Well, you may have an, so you have to figure that part out, which jobs and you have to be specific because is it only quote unquote good jobs? What's a good job? Right. Like, is a CEO really a good job? Does everyone want to work 80 hour weeks and be responsible for billions of dollars? I don't. I mean, I defy you to find a kindergarten teacher who wants to be a CEO. Right. Yeah. To pick an example that's probably as far removed from a CEO as probably humanly possible. Yeah. It's like, or what about a bricklayer? Or maybe even m more um, outdoorsy, what about a land surveyor or a logger? Yeah. Like people go into logging in part because it's they're physical and they like physical jobs and it's maybe it's harder to get other jobs, but land surveyors spend nine months in the woods surveying land for big companies. Land surveyors become land surveyors because they don't like people. 
At least that's why my that's why my uncle <laughs> like became, trees. Yeah, man. it's because that's why my my uncle spends nine months in the woods, and he's been married for like ten years now, and they have like a great relationship, be, probably because they don't see each other. But he also has like six sisters, and so I think that's partly why he was like scared into the woods by. And he's the youngest, and not that that women are bad, of course. Like I was raised by women, I love women, but it's that I, I'm sure that being raised by six older women, and then having a failed marriage, like probably he probably didn't like it, and was like, I want to go live in the woods because I don't like people, I don't want to be around people. <laughs> And I know a couple of people who also have been land surveyors and it's like, they don't really like people. It isn't by and large true, but it's like, they probably don't want to be a CEO. Well, at a much lower level, I can't imagine being stuck in a cubicle job. Yeah. I would, I don't care how much you pay me. Well, that's a shit ton of responsibility too. It's (sighs) like, I think people have this image in their head that like the good job is to have all this power. And it's like, and then you can just kick your feet back and smoke a cigar and you know, depending, whatever your vice is, you know, if you want to bring prostitutes up or if you just want to do a bunch of cocaine and like, you can just shovel money and be mean to bums and like whatever it is you see in movies, like all the, all the, like the really stupid shit, just fly to wherever you want with your private jet. And it's like most CEOs work 80 hour weeks. They work flat out and they don't see their kids and they probably don't see their spouses. You know, like all they do is work because they're driven to work. And it's like, I don't, I, there's, I think there's very few CEOs where they like do nothing. It's like this misnomer that you just don't do anything. And if you're white and a dude and marginally intelligent, you just become a CEO. It's like, that's very rare. Trump might actually be one of the only examples of that. Cause it seems to me that if that's kind of how it's worked. Cause he's had, you know, family with money who's kind of helped him, but he also, you know, as much as he's failed things, it's actually not easy to start businesses in like seven different ventures and then attempt to run them and then probably fail all of them so that he doesn't pay taxes, which is actually kind of hard to do. Like it's not easy. And I don't want to say too many nice things about Trump because I don't really like him, but it's like, I don't think he's that lazy either. I think he just figure out how to game the system and does as little work as he needs to, to game the system. And it's like, and so it isn't clear to me like the best jobs or like the highest powered ones, but you know, that equity, maybe you want more female engineers. So you start forcing engineers and what do you do with all the males who wanted to be engineers? Like what jobs are good for engineers? Have you met an engineer? Engineering is about the only job that's good for engineers. <laughs> My two best friends are engineers. I don't know what else they would do. I have no idea. I think they'd probably be really bad at most other things, <laughs> but they're really good engineers, you know, and, and it's a valuable, it's, valuable a, it's really valuable. Society. And it's like, that's how their brains work, you know? And so but you have to answer that question. Maybe that question's an easy question to answer, or maybe it's a really hard question. So you figure out the good jobs and then you parody them, but do you just do it on race or do you do it on gender? And then you have to solidify gender. If gender's not binary, then you really got an issue. How many genders are there? Is it two? Is it 50? Is it 80? Is it infinite? Because if it's infinite, then you can't actually solve the problem because you have to have infinite gender parity. And I'm getting a little hyperbolic, a little off into the weeds there, but like if it's actually infinite, then there is a there is an impossible problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to find that number out. What about height? I'm I'm as of like five years ago, I am shorter than the average human average human male in the world, or at least in the U.S. I'm five, vertically challenged. Yeah, so I am vertically challenged. So everyone who's five ten or greater, not only can go fuck themselves, but they have to be shorter. <laughs> so. They have to be shorter. So which part of your body am I cutting off to make you shorter, Dan? Right. So, because you're taller than me, so that's crap, right? You have more hair than me too, so that's bullshit. So I have to, I get to shave off all your hair or I get to get more hair. So how do you figure that out? Um, like there's just too many problems. And so 
I think people are believe that whoever decides what equity is will stop. And I see no reason why anyone would want to stop. If you have the power to have equity, why would you give that up? That is like literally the absolute power in the world right now. Well, I think the reality is, is we don't we don't want uh, equity in that sense because people are different. If you if you follow that all the way out to the societal level, you get communism. Yes, but that's <laughs> that's what that is. But I, I think that, you know, if we can recognize that people are different, they can have different aims, different goals, different levels of discipline, different levels of ambition. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make sense to force the outcome, but rather force the opportunity. Everybody gets an opportunity. And I think it's important too to, to recognize that, yeah, the system has definitely been biased. It yes. has been racist. There's mm-hmm. been gerrymandering and redlining and uh, Jim Crow laws. And that's all very real, of course. And the results of that have given us in, uh, a lack of equity and the results are very skewed. But fixing that does not mean that you take from the people that have more and give it to the people that have less and say, you know, brush off your hands and say, all right, cool, we did it. Yes. It's to give everyone the same opportunity and help them as best you can to fix the um, the, the underserved areas with you know, terrible schools and, uh, you know, what do they call it? The, the school to prison pipeline. Like those are issues that need to be addressed, but yes. we can't look at it in terms of absolute outcome um, from the beginning. And it's going to take time. It's going to take several generations for things to really even out. If you, if you give opportunity, now you got to wait a generation or two to see who makes use of that opportunity and, and how that all shakes out. But otherwise you're looking at everybody just as a monolith. Mm-hmm. Well, you're black, so you are. X, well, which yeah. is by definition prejudiced. That's prejudging. Right. I know everything about you because you're black or you're white. So here's, um, people don't talk a lot about these kinds of things when it comes to equity, but so here's a couple of examples that I don't know how people are going to solve. So like 95% of elementary school teachers are women. So we got to fix that problem. So it has to be 50-50 roughly. Um, it's kind of always been that way. Women have kind of always been, it's always been like 95% female teachers. So I wonder There's if There's an evolutionary reason for that. Is, yeah, right. But so it <laughs> maybe actually would be better for society if it was half and half. I don't know. Like we have a lot of problems with kids complain about a lot of things. They're more diagnosed with things. Everyone's complaining about all the problems we have. And we're learning this all from women. So maybe that's a problem. I'm not saying that it is, but maybe it's a problem. <laughs> I what what is it that uh, Tyler Durden says or Brad Pitt says in, in a Fight Club? He's like, you know, we're a generation of men raised by women. I'm wondering if it, another, another woman, woman is, what is what we, we need. need. Yeah. Right. And again, I'm not saying that that's actually true, but it is a question that should be asked. Right. Um, like 98% of bricklayers, 99% of bricklayers are men. Mm-hmm. That's a really fucking dangerous job. 90% of like uh, line cutters, like uh, power line cutters are men. Um, 90% of, uh, 90, like 95, 99% of, uh, like concrete layers are men, mm-hmm. 99% of loggers are men. Um, coal so, miners. Coal miners. So now all of a sudden we have to have 50, 50 and we get to th- like find women who can do the job, um, and would and apparently want to. Yeah, exactly. So 
that that's an issue. What about basketball? Like 80 some odd percent of the NBA is black. Now all of a sudden we can't have we have to have less blacks in the NBA, less black people. Well, no, that's okay. Is it? Because it's not equity, though. That is the underserved population getting their chance to shine. But actually, even that is racist because they're owned by a white man. Sure. And the whole thing has just got to go. And so that presents a problem, right? And then there's not enough. Where's the trans NBA players? Sure. And there's there's not enough black individuals in baseball. Um, We need to have, you know, half half the quarterbacks have to now be black in the NFL because there's not near as many. Um, all the, half the skill positions now have to be white because they're mostly black. Um, you know, you, you get into these problems and then the biggest problem I see, or one of the bigger problems is creativity. How so? Because creativity is extremely, it's actually extremely rare. Like the, the number of people who actively do anything creative and, and produce something. So like they make a record and then it makes money. Like it's extremely rare. You want the people that have that ability. You want Elton John to make records. Right. But if there are too many white people who make records, then the new Elton John doesn't get to make a record. And then you get to choose someone, black or otherwise, it could be anyone. Maybe there, maybe we have, there's too many black blues artists because blues is generally has been predominantly black. It's, it, that is officially yeah. a, um, an American black creation. And so blues music but is you need more, an American Yeah, phenomenon. And so now yeah. you need more white people. In, in the blues market. Shout out to Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Yeah, I love Kenny Wayne Shepherd. He's actually one of my favorite guitarists. But it's like, what about artists, painters, sculptors, poets, authors? What if you take all the creative people, however that's distributed, and you look for equity, and you run out of people to pick? And then you, you're stuck picking people who just aren't as good. N- not color or gender-wise. They're just not as creative. Because that will happen because creativity is very rare. And so and it's the basketball is the same problem. If you start to change out because it's mostly black and you start putting more white people, less white people do basketball. So the odds that you're going to replace quality with quality is slim. So you're going to have a bunch of white people who aren't as good playing basketball. Yeah. And it's like, well, then it's a problem. And it's like, it's obviously illogical. Yes. I mean, you know, it, it, look at it for half a second you can see that but i think it is it's pointing to a problem that needs to be fixed the issue is that it takes it too far well i think it's it's a it's a rhetorical it's a piece of rhetoric that the the woke movement is using in hopes to grab power Mm -hmm. by forcing uh resources and opportunities out of the hands of the people that have it now yeah to the people that they deem are worthy of it um and that's just not the way to go about leveling the playing field. No, very, very true. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Biden said that. He said equity and equality um, and the Constitution, which I, I thought all together in the same paragraph was interesting. But because um, by and large, people who want equity tend to not believe fundamentally in what the Constitution has to offer. That's kind of part of the ethos of yeah. wanting equality of outcome is to dismantle our current constitution, which is against equality of outcome, and then it replace it with equality of outcome. So that was interesting. I think you're right. You mentioned you, he may not know what it means. That's probably more of what it is. I'm not entirely sure. Um, the kids are saying equity nowadays, so I'm going to say Yeah, equity. and so, uh, but it, it did worry me as a statement. Um, I did find that uh, 
I, I did find that uh, quite worrisome. Um, let's see what else we got here. There, there's just so much shit. Uh, oh my god! Oh, Trump. Good thing uh, we're not live. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> dead air. Like I said, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm trying to read through and kind of find out exactly this what I want to talk about next. Uh, Trump gets asked about whether or not he will condemn white supremacy. Oh goodness! So that oh, was oh uh, yep. That was yep. that was very interesting. Stand back and stand by. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I actually found this very interesting. For a couple of reasons. So the question was, are you willing, Mr. President, tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities? So right after he said the phrase militia groups, Trump said, sure. Mm -hmm. It's very audible. Yep. Um, once he finished the question, or about as he was finishing it, Trump said, sure, I'm willing to do that. But I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing not the right wing. At this point, um, uh, Chris Wallace asked again, and he's like, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see peace. And so both Biden and him turn to Trump and they're like, well, say it, say it. They're like, they wanted to say, I denounce white supremacy. Right. right. Even though <clears throat> what he said was basically the same thing. Right. And this, this to me created an interesting conundrum or an interesting problem. And I, I, I don't know if Trump is being deliberate about this or not. But all Trump had to do is say, I condemn white supremacy. It's not that fucking hard. Nope. That's all he had to do. But at the same time, I, it was quite clear to me that he was agreeing with the question and was yeah. condemning it. Like in a lot of the narrative I've heard is that Trump would not condemn white supremacy. And I don't, I don't want to say I disagree with that. It's just that I don't know what it was that Trump was trying to do there. Because I just don't think he wants to, he don't, he doesn't want to lose because they, anybody, made him say anything. Like, sure. Fuck you. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. So I'm not going to say it. And that that was kind of the problem. Is it's like a, I feel like they weren't really listening to what he said because he's like, sure, like I'm willing to do that, you know. And then they're like, well, then say it. It's like he has to say it. And I'm not entirely sure that he does, but whatever. Maybe he does, and he should say it. On the flip side, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I feel like he was lobbed a softball, and he could have just right the down the plate, one of the and he could have hit it five hundred yard, five hundred yards out of the out of the park. And instead, he like grabbed the ball and then ran away. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're like, what? Like, you're not even playing the same game. Like, just answer the fucking question. Like, well, all, and then and then to follow up, to follow up. Oh, the because he so he he asked um, stand back and stand by. Yeah, he's like you know the proud boys. Yeah, he's like you know who 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 is it you're talking about? Who do yeah, I? Yeah, who specifically? Who do I? And say? Biden is the one who said proud boys, yeah. in particular. And he's like he's like all right, Biden proud boys stand stand down and stand by. Um, I'm not sure why it did stand by. I don't I, like I don't I actually don't really. That's the whole thing right there. And whether that was just Trump struggling for words, but there has been. Uh, Myriad T-shirts printed from admittedly white supremacist organizations. From the Proud Boys, from what I understand, from yeah. the Proud Boys that say that, yeah. stand back and stand by, and yeah. they are taking that as an acknowledgement 
and a uh, uh, an endorsement yeah. of their organization. No, I don't, I don't know if Trump thinks that's good for his votes or something, uh, or like I said, just doesn't want to out and out denounce anyone because that will mean he lost that little pissing contest with Biden. I don't know. Um, but none of it's good. No, no. At best, it's not good. No, and it's like I and said, I, I found it very interesting, and I don't know what the meaning of it is because it's like he did say some things that were about the same as denouncing white supremacy, but he didn't say it. And it was an easy, easy thing to say. And it's like, why don't you just fucking say it, man? Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. I don't want to. Yeah. And it's like, if you believe it, just say the damn thing. Mm-hmm. This isn't an agenda thing. It's just people by and large or 95%, probably, probably 97% of the population, maybe even 99 are going to denounce white supremacy because they don't like it. It's only, it's a fringe group of people. Exactly. And it's like, you kind of, you, you really miss that. Um, to counter that, um, Joe Biden did not very clearly endorse the Black Lives Matter movement, which I thought was very interesting. So I'm going to find that um, in my notes here. I may go back and watch it just for that then, because that that has a lot more nuance to it. So, okay, so here's what it was. What does reimagining policing mean, and do you, Biden, support the Black Lives Matter call for community control and policing? So I, I take that back. Let me rephrase that. It was less the Black Lives Matter movement itself, but it's their call for community policing. Gotcha. Which is, I think there's an argument to be made that it's kind of one and the same. The Black Lives Matter call for policing has been the call of defund the police. That's that's where it's, that's been the call. Um, and he's, of the two, he's the one who's going to try and or has tried or will try to get the Black Lives Matter vote. Right. I don't think Trump cares to, nor would he. No, um, no. But and and that's when uh, um, you know he talked uh, about um, well, his stance on controlling the police. He actually said, uh, "I am totally opposed to defunding the police officers. They need more assistance. They need when they show up for a nine one one call to have someone with them who is a psychologist or a psychiatrist to keep them from having to use force and being able to talk them down." I agree with this. And that's verbatim what I have what I take issue with is the phrase is the phrase um having to use force. What do you take issue with? What part of that? It isn't clear to me that <clears throat> first off that police should ever have to use force, but more so than that, it's not clear to me that his supporters would agree that police should ever have to use force. Versus somebody pulls a gun on a cop. Yes, but a psychologist shouldn't be there if there's a gun involved, right? And so that's part of it. Is he, he like my my thought is that he's referring to those situations when a psychologist or psychiatrist psychiatrist would be needed to like de-escalate the situation, maybe because someone's having a mental issue, mental break, and then the police then use force to subdue the individual. But I, I'm drawing a distinction between having to use force and using it because it's a tool that's available. Having to implies that they're f- kind of forced to do it because of the circumstance. And it's not entirely clear to me that the Joe Biden supporters would want police to be forced to use force and should be forced to use it. And then also should be forced to use it if a psychologist would be called there and would be better u- better utilized in that situation. Does that make sense? 
There, there's a disconnect there. I think the it words could does, have been said better. I think it's, yeah, well, of course. But I think that um, I don't necessarily agree, disagree with that statement that he made because there, you can't analyze it from the assumption that you have all the information of what's happening. Meaning yes. they get a call and, oh, okay, this is mental health, so just send out the counselor and you know, we'll, just sure. send, we'll send one cop and they'll stand by. Oh crap! We didn't know they had a gun. How did that happen? Yeah. Where did they get a gun? Or you know, or a knife or something like that. So there's there's so many variables and so many unknowns that you know cops never know exactly what they're getting themselves no, into. No, of course. So you know, having to use force. Yeah, I think there is absolutely a point where a cop is going to have to use force. Yes. Um, when they feel they need to use force and where they could be trained to handle without definitely without deadly force. Yeah. Um, but I think that can be improved on greatly, but yeah, I think there's, there's definitely a line to be drawn that, Oh yeah. It's, and that it's, force it's be necessary. the difference between having to and needing to. And that's the distinction I want to make. I think like you were saying, go on. Like if they have to use force versus, versus them needing to use it because of a situation. What's the difference? So the difference would be maybe they have, They feel they feel like they have to use force because there's no other alternative. Versus having it available as a tool that they can use if they need to, but they don't. They don't actually have to need to. Like, and maybe I'm not explaining this properly. One of them seems to me, like I said, that they're using force is the option. Period. Like, there's a call. Force is going to be needed, even if they don't know it. We're going to use force. Versus. Force is one of a bunch of tools that we could use that we would like to not have to use. It should be a last resort, which I think is okay. the is the line that's that 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 his his supporters in particular are taking. It's like and a lot a line a lot of people probably should take is we want less police brutality. Yeah, I, I think that's the common understanding. Um, and, and not so, to say that some people might uh, take it otherwise, but I think in the departments of, in in you know, politics that you know having to and needing to are synonymous. It's not like you have to, like your boss says, you have to yeah. go beat somebody up. Um, it's you have to because if you don't, you're going to die, which would be the same as you need to. But it's not always the same, I don't think. And I'll, let me think some more on this so I can better articulate that. But there is a difference between having to and needing to do something. I think in terms of policy, they are the same. Yes. And ultimately, I mean, it's it's it all comes back to policy because we're we're independent, free individuals. So we write things down, we call them laws, you have to do this. If you choose as an individual person to be a police officer, you got to follow these extra laws and rules that we lay down. Um, but it all comes down to, uh, rather than necessarily an individual judgment call, yeah. it's the policy of, um, if you assess that your life is in danger sure. as a police officer, use force. Um, or whatever, you know, but, but they, they, they go over that and they define it very clearly. No, um, it, they do it. I, I just, like I said, the issue that I took with it is, is how he worded that whole thing. Hmm. Um, I'm fine with the notion of having, you know, a mental health professional go on calls where a mental health professional will be best equipped to handle those calls so that cops don't use force when something else would be better to do. Yeah. The problem I have is the assumption that a psychologist would go to prevent cops from having to use force as if they somehow actually have to. 
Like, because it, it isn't always clear to me that they will have to use force. Right. That, that's I, what I'm getting, I'm having trouble okay. with is it's like, it, in what situation would cops have to use force and psychologists would not? Maybe that's a okay, better, so maybe here, that's a better a, question. Okay, here's a hypothetical. Um, there is a call that a woman's son is, uh, you know, having an episode of some sort. Sure. We do know that he has some mental challenges, um, may or may not be on his meds. Um, but it's a sketchy situation and mom doesn't feel safe right now. So she calls cops. Um, and scenario one, uh, two officers show up, just two officers, and they are trying to talk to somebody who needs special attention to the way they're communicated with yeah. for, you know, for whatever reason. Um, and the normal procedures, whereas maybe, you know, if you turn around and walk away from a police officer, they're going to grab your arm and say, you don't walk away from a police officer. We're talking to you. Yeah. This is a, this is a lawful stop or whatever. Um, and then grab your arm and turn you around. Not knowing that this person may freak directly the fuck out when people touch them. Yes. Maybe they're just like, don't touch and, and just freak out and they start swinging on the cop. Well, yeah, now a cop has to defend themselves versus, uh, showing up an officer and a counselor that says, okay, hang back. I'm going to talk with this person. Hey, how you doing? And they know how in a much gentler tone yep. to get this information out and maybe they can resolve the situation more calmly. Um, I think that's a scenario that it would be beneficial. Yeah, correct. And it would keep a police officer from having to because doing the normal things that they do in society where you know, they'll grab you or something, if that may trigger this person for whatever reason, but a trained counselor would know how to navigate that scenario that could be the difference. Sure. That's a hypothetical off the top of my head. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was thinking is that I know that there was the case of, I, I believe it was a young man who, uh, I think he might've been autistic, but, um, he was, uh, four cops came to a woman called four cops came to the house and they ended up like corralling him in the bathroom and holding him down. And he like died. I don't know why there was four cops, but like, that's the example in my head where it's like, some kinds of quote unquote force, like maybe grabbing the arm and turning him around is necessary <clears> because you have to have, you know, be communicating with somebody. And that's how cops are trained. And they can't not do some of those things because then they just get shot. That's a problem, right? Um, but there is, you know, a, a big t thing that people talk about is the line between doing those subtle uses of force, let's say, and then like the egregious uses of force. And it's like those egregious things don't actually have to be used. I think that they're used because people don't know, cops don't necessarily know what to do. And so they feel like it's something that has to be done, but it's it's an issue of training. We talk about <coughs> that. And so- Well, if you don't have the training and that's your only option, right. that's your last and final option, then you have to. Right. And so, but that's, that, that's kind of the difference I see between having to do something because of lack of training and then needing to do it. I don't, I don't see needing to do it as the same thing there. I see needing to do it because you've exhausted every other option that is available, period. But every exhaustion, every every option- has not been exhausted for cops because there are other things that people could do. And that's what policy is trying to change. That's my point is that the other options that could be done is, I mean, they could theoretically just walk away. That could be problematic, but they could actually get better training or we could have psycho psychologists that actually come like things aren't actually being done that require that. And so that's what I tell And I know I'm harping on this a lot. It's just that a lot of what our politicians say, like you said, you were saying earlier, like there's no repercussions for it. And so they're not really careful with their words. And then they say shit like equity and equality, or they say the phrase that Biden just said, and then they use interesting words. 
Like yeah. there's like this, this force to use force. And like, I don't, I don't see that. I don't, it doesn't seem to me that cops should be forced to use force in situations. That's, that's a problem for me because they shouldn't be forced. And phrasing it as having to use force implies to me that there isn't like they, they're forced to do it. Like there's no other alternative. And it's like, that's wrong. There should be other alternatives. And that's part of why we want to fix this stuff in him saying that there's currently no other alternative strikes me as actually wrong. Like, I don't think he understands the problem. Maybe that's, maybe that's a better way to put it too. Like it's just poor word choice. Yeah. That's really the thing. And I know, like I said, I know I'm getting hung up on this and I'm going to think on it some more. We'll probably talk about this in our next podcast is like, get it more clear in my head. But the, the word usage there I thought was very poor. And I thought he could have in what seemed to me to be the, like the, the biggest question for him of the night was this. This seemed to me like to be like the crux of him in in in, in the debate. He should have had this answer down, and I think he could have chosen way better, way better words to describe what it is he wanted to do. Hmm. And instead, he had he used the words that he used in a way that makes me question how he feels about the actual use of force. My guess is most people would take that as synonymous. Sure. Um, need to and have to. I mean, I, I get your point. I don't know that most other people- I doubt it, yeah. Would take it to that degree, but I do see what you're saying. Maybe it's more of the way he phrases it makes me feel that he believes it's the use of force is justified. I'll think more, because that, that could actually be what it is. Sometimes that, it is. Sometimes it is, but not all the time. And so mm-hmm. it-, it um, that, I think that might be part of it is that it, it strikes me as him saying, well, use of force is justified. So we want psychologists so that it's like, we don't have justifiable violence. And I'm going to have to think some more on that too. But it, whatever the case, I thought he answered the question very poorly. Um, he answered a lot of the questions he, very poorly. They, they both, they, <laughs> yeah. Um, they both really did. Uh, let's go back to another question here. Um, Chris asked, uh, Trump about racial sensitivity training. And then he asked him if he believed there was systemic racism in America, which was the latter part Trump never answered. Mm. Um, Biden had some interesting uh, responses to what Trump said. Um, Trump said he ended it because it was racist and that um, it was teaching people to hate the country, to which Biden responded that no one's doing that um, and that he knew more about racial sensitivity training than Trump did. And I don't know if he actually does or if this is just like a pissing contest. Like yeah. the whole night, like like very shortly after that exchange, um, Trump, I think he had like talked a little bit about like um, prob- like crime in suburbs and stuff. And Biden claimed that he um, he knew suburbs better than Trump and then also claimed, <laughs> and, like that fucking matters. But then he also claimed that suburbs are by and large integrated, which I don't believe is actually true. I don't know if that's actually factually correct. Yeah, I don't know either. It's a good question. I didn't write down his quote afterwards, but he made, he had like a really awkward quote about how in the suburbs that like in the vans, like going to like soccer and stuff, there are, how did he phrase it? I wish I would have written it down. It was really confusing. And so every time I kept like rewinding to hear him say, like I couldn't keep all the words in my head because it was jumbled. But he basically was like, he sees a lot of soccer mom vans with like white and brown and black and Asian kids in them. Like it's very interracial. It was just a really weird statement. And, and by a lot, he means two. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I like, 
from my my understanding of suburb of, sub, of suburbs was that they it was a mass exodus from gentrified cities by white people because blacks and browns were moving to cities and so the whites had money and they moved out of the cities no, well, that's what i thought suburbs were eh, kind of sorta i mean yeah it's just the outskirts cuz it's cheaper yeah um and there are you know there's good neighborhoods in the suburbs and there's bad neighborhoods in the suburbs type of thing sure. um yeah i think that's just a a result of property value when a lot of people come into a city to do stuff. And since there's more people, the property goes up and yeah. some people aren't going to be able to afford it. Um, but I, I don't know how, how diverse the suburbs are on the whole. I think it's going to depend really on where the hell where you you're are. At. Um, yeah. The other thing I thought Biden said that was interesting was that uh, he said that the reason that suburbs are in trouble because Trump's argument was a lack of law and order. Biden said that the, the reason suburbs are in trouble is not because of a lack of law and order, but because of Trump's handling of COVID. I would agree with that more than the law and order. The law and order thing, that's such a recent phenomenon since George Floyd. Yep. I mean, the, the real hard push for that, uh, because we've seen rioting in the streets, and that is a problem, and that can't be allowed to continue the way that it has. Yes. Um, but the the real the deep problems that we need to be addressing go way farther back than George Floyd and nightly riots or any of that. So no, they do. Yeah, that that kind of kills the law and order argument. Um, One thing, another funny joke that came up: or uh, Trump had a couple of good singers, and you know they're still talking about law enforcement, law and order, and stuff. And uh, Joe Biden's like, you know, I'm for law and order, and I'm not for you know I'm for police officers, that kind of thing. And not for defunding them and all that. And uh, <laughs> Trump said, name one law enforcement group that supports you. Don't worry. We have time. <laughs> Ooh. All right. That's, that's solid. It was that's, a good one. It was solid. a good one. <laughs> yeah. There was just some burns. Um, no, I think, I think it's, it would be very easy to objectively prove that more people have suffered and been harmed as a result of what's happened with COVID in this country. Yeah versus the george floyd riots yeah some pretty easy math to do yeah it's yeah it's pretty pretty uh pretty easy numbers yeah and it's 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 because violence is so sensationalized yeah uh it it's easy to eat up the news cycle but the reality i mean it's you don't want to if you, if you don't want to experience violence in the riots don't go to the riots yeah it, it really comes down to that unless you happen to be stuck somewhere where your condo is above the chop or something and you unfortunately have to deal with that. But for the vast majority of everybody, um, that's just, that's a, uh, that's a video on your computer or on your phone that you're watching. Yeah. It's not a direct threat to you, but everybody, everybody's affected by COVID. Mm -hmm. Yep. So the last thing that I'd thought of to go over, and this will kind of tie it back into what we first talked about, um, or what I had first mentioned about how, like I wasn't, I wasn't convinced that either of them were really in it. Like they neither were believable. Trump was believable in as much as I expected him to be an asshole and to be a two year old, but I didn't really think he wanted to be there. And I didn't really see anything from Biden that told me that like he actually cared. Um, there is a point where Trump kind of goes off a bit talking about, um, I believe he's talking about Hunter Biden, Joe's son, the one who was embroiled in like the Ukrainian scandal stuff mm -hmm. with money and getting money from a mayor of China or mayor of Russia or whatever. I didn't really look into it, but those, those some issues. Yeah. 
and he's like talking about it. And then he talks about how Hunter um, was dishonorably discharged from the military and, um, you know, was a recovering because he's a drug addict and like all, all this, he's just kind of picking on his kids. And you can see Biden getting a little hot under the collar about it. And um, as Trump's talking, Biden really starts to get angry. And it's the, it's the fir- it's the only time in the debate where you actually see Biden like come alive, like his passion kind of, he like points at Trump and he's like, now look here, man. Like he's talking about his son, Bo. He's like, you know, the military is, you know, people in the military are not a joke or something like that. Like, you know, my son is a good man. Like, and he, he kind of like, cause he thought, I think to a degree that Trump was kind of calling his son, you know, make calling his son names and his, his son had died. And he, uh, it was, a, it was the first honest reaction that I remember seeing from him in the debate. The rest of it just seemed very mechanical and sort of, this is how it's supposed to go. And then he kind of gets a little hot under the collar and he's like, he kind of turns to him and points a finger. And I remember like at the time, both times I watched the the debate, I kind of like felt my hackles raise a little bit in the back of my neck, you know, like little <laughs> hairs. On. And I was like, I was like, oh, like he feels something like that was, that was, you know, and it kind of simmered down a bit. And, um, but it it was interesting because up until that point, I still didn't feel like Joe Biden was really into it. And then this just was like in such stark contrast to like the rest of the the debate that I was like, why is he here? Like this just solidified for me that I didn't think he really cared to be there. Not that he necessarily didn't want to, but that he didn't really, I didn't really see, it didn't seem to me like he cared to be there to do this. And maybe he did. Maybe he, maybe he was like, I don't really want to debate Trump. Oh, well, he's, he, quote unquote, hiding in the basement forever. Yeah. I mean, like the, the truth is neither of them are leaders. This is a fucking reality show. They're playing this politics game. To expect mm-hmm. leadership behavior from either of these two is entirely misplaced. Yeah. So if you find the reality show entertaining, then you know dive on in. But to expect leadership out of it, this is not going to happen. Yeah. It, it and it was it was sad of me. It was sad to see though. Like I'm not suggesting that the whole debate Biden should have been that emotionally charged that might actually physically give him a heart attack because of his age and health <laughs> issues. Like it's hard to maintain that kind of like sure, emotional, yeah. pa- that passion. <clears throat> it also probably make him sound highly irrational through a lot of that because it's hard to sound rational when you're that passionate about something. Which is the idea of making personal attacks on somebody. Right. Exactly. And I, think that's, I think that's kind of what Trump was going for and it yeah. worked. And like I said, I think that's why he won is because he was successful at what he was attempting to do. But, um, I, I believe that there, hundred percent, that there are ways that he could have been more engaged with the debate and less engaged with Trump. It's tough when he keeps talking over you. It is, but and it's hard. But it's like I expected Trump to do, be a, a two-year-old. I don't think anyone expected Trump to have manners. I don't even think Biden expected Trump to have manners. And so, like, it's one of those situations where it's like, do you really get upset at your child when they knock over spilled milk? They, they knock over milk you put on the corner of a table. You're the one who put it where they could reach it, and they're for, and they're, they're they're a kid. Like, of course they're gonna hit it. It's like, at what point do you draw the line and say, like, do I have a reason to be angry? This is my expectation of this child president. You draw the line when he's got the nuclear codes. I mean, to a degree, <laughs> yes. But at the same time, like, they, they people, a lot of people, you know. Uh, mostly people who were against him in, in the political sphere, they treat him this way. And they, they're like, oh, this is just Trump being an ass. Like they don't treat him any differently any other time. So it's like, why would they do it now? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I basically, I guess what I'm saying is I expected Trump to do what he did. And I, 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 I hoped that Biden would have shown more restraint and been more composed and not allowed him to get on Trump to get under his, under his skin. It's a tall order, man. No, it is. Like, uh, Personally, I expected about 30% of that. I knew Trump would be Trump and do his thing, but um, like you had texted me and said, oh, I watched the debate and it was a shit show. I was like, yeah, yeah, I figured. But then I actually watched part of it and saw some of the highlights. It's like, holy fuck, it was really that bad? Yeah. And then I was embarrassed for the country. I was like, damn. And yeah. I, I wouldn't have been able to keep my cool, but you know, I'm not a politician either. But um, yeah, the whole thing, it was, it was embarrassing. It, no, it was, and it's like the actual winner is every leader of every country who doesn't like America. Yep. Like that, that's actually the winner. Like 100%. I say Trump won because yep. he had an agenda, I assume, and then he actually succeeded at that agenda. So that, that by default, I think, makes him the winner in a shit show like this. But Putin loved it, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure every leader yeah. who doesn't like this country or wants to, something bad to happen to it or whatever. It's like, this was the best fucking debate ever. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. a, that's where we're at. And it's like, we like they're question. People are questioning whether they should continue to do debates now, or if, if the format should be changed and maybe the format should be changed, but it's like, be able to mute mics and stuff like that. Yeah. We just had a couple of 70 year old men who in the last 15 years have both paid over $300,000 in taxes in a year. Like there's been some years where Trump's paid a couple million in taxes. Biden paid like 300 and some odd thousand. There were also years he paid, he he said, yeah. 2016, $750. Sure. My, my point is that these- Bitch, I paid more yeah, than that. I know. My point though is that they're both like <sighs> absurdly wealthy people. Yeah. And they're really fucking old. Yep. And they produced a catastrophe so epic in proportion the actual thing that they did might just get canceled forever. <laughs> I know I wouldn't be forever. This is a special or thing. Maybe just, just for, for now. Trump, man. And it's, it's like, come on. And can you imagine? I mean, I mean, if we, if we lift ourselves up out of 2020, because this is skewed everyone's vision, yeah. you know, the new normal and all that, but let's jump forward a few years and look back on this crazy time. And if we can, th if we think that the presidential debates got so hectic that there was a debate when they muted the microphone of the president of the United States of America so he wouldn't interrupt. Yeah. Dude, if that happens, ah. so <laughs> I don't even know. I'll close my end with this statement here. Um, okay. And then if you have anything to say, you can, you can go ahead and say it. But um, one of the things I thought was interesting is that a lot of people gave the moderator crap on both sides. He got shit from the left and the right. And, you know, he didn't do enough or didn't ask tough enough questions or he wasn't uh, tough enough or whatever. And it's like, I actually agree with a lot of it. Like his questions were bad. They could have been way tougher. Um, but the, here's the thing is that how do you, as a moderator, look the leader of the free world in the eye and say, sir, shut the fuck up. He tried. But he, like, he, but see... He, the, what what is he supposed to? He did most everything short of it. Like, sir, please be quiet, yep. sir. Like, I'm trying yeah. to talk. Like, you're talking over. And it's like, <clears throat> at what point do you, you you pop the kid in the mouth to get him to stop talking? <laughs> like, I'm seriously. Or you know, what point do you spank your kid? At no point, if the president. I mean, and that's that's realistically, my point. That's is, my point. It's like, yeah. what was he supposed to do? He needed a gavel. Yeah. Or 
a, like a, a super soaker. He actually needed a super soaker. That would have been better. It would have been funnier if he like Hit shot. Him on the nose of the newspaper. No, he just like shot Trump with the super, super soaker. With water. I need to be very clear. <laughs> Can we air this now? <laughs> like it's filled with water. It's Dude, been... just get him in the hair. Yeah, you just like. Just, just slope, like, shoot, you slope shoot. that mop down. Because he's like 20 yeah. feet away. So those things, you know, they can shoot yep. pretty far. So you just shoot him with water, like just like kind of jerk him out of his, whatever he's talking about. So he'll <laughs> shut up and then allow. And then he does the same to Biden too, to make it equal. Sure. And stuff oh yeah. Because of equality. And I can see the orange streaks running down his face now. But it's like, what do people expect him to do? Like, he, even if he wanted to be tougher, at some point he has to draw a line because God knows what, what the president of the United States of America is going to do to him if he's like, even if, let's say if it's Obama and Obama was getting a little feisty and he's talking and, you know, the moderator's like, Mr. Mr. President, Mr. Obama, please shut the hell up. Like, I'm sure Obama's going to be happy about that. He's probably afterwards like, what the fuck did that guy say to me? Oh, yeah, he's fired all like, kinds you know, of Like, you know, he's speed like, dial the IRS. Done. Like, you need to look up his tax. Yeah. Like, just make his yeah. life. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. But it's like, you, you can't, he can't realistically, like, do anything other than just keep saying the same shit over and over. Like, you need to stop talking. Like, we, you agreed on the rules. Like, be quiet, be quiet. Yeah. It's like, no. at some point, like, when, when do you hit him? It's an untenable situation. He did the best he could. I got, yeah. no, I got no gripes with, with. Uh, I don't with even know how he how he handled the the talking. Like I said, my, my biggest gripe with him is, I don't like the questions. The questions could have been better. Sure. Um, there were too many questions where it was like, you know, why should voters vote for you over you? And it's like, all that's going to well, do is just fuel this. Well, I'm better than you. You're I don't wrong, think better, I'm right. I don't think better questions would have helped in this circumstance. No, but I would have felt better about the debate had he just asked better questions, even if... Eh, I think it would have been the same shit show. Yeah, I think it would have, too. I just yeah. would have liked the questions better. So I would have felt better about the debate. That's what I mean. It's like, if you were to give me this debate and then a debate where the questions are better, I'd be like, I like that debate better. Fair enough. Just okay. because the moderator at least asked more intelligent questions right. that, right. I, that I felt had more substance. And then I'm like, you know what? At least you did your job. Yeah. All right. At All least right. you did your full job. <laughs> you know... In, in answering good questions because he came up with them on his own and it's like this is what he said and so I'm like ask better questions like it, it, like one of the questions is look at both looking at both of your records why should voters elect you over your opponent can you imagine if it was Rogan fuck Mr. President don't make me hip toss you <laughs> so I actually brought this up to my girlfriend I was like you know what they should have done they should have allowed him to grapple that should that, that should be part of the debate rules is that the, the, the debaters have to grapple. That's actually part of it. Maybe it's 30 minutes in, it's part of the break, it doesn't matter. Or maybe after every question, they have to grapple and whoever submits, gets submitted, goes second. There you go. Yeah. Or something, right? Where yeah. it's like, you just see a bunch of just two old, old fucks like trying to choke each other. <laughs> and one of them dies by the end of it because <laughs> oh. they're both old and unhealthy. So terrible. Yeah, it would be, but it'd pro they wouldn't talk as much. They'd be out of breath. Then I can see Putin just sitting in the background. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, he's a judo black belt. He's legit. Yeah. I've actually seen some videos of him. Yeah. He's, he's got some legit form. Whether oh, yeah. or not his training partners are letting him throw him or not, he's still got good form. He's, yeah, he's doing the right techniques. He, you can tell so, that he actually knows it. Whether or not he's you know super polished right now, but he is trained for real. I did see a video where he was th throwing a guy practicing and uh, throwing a guy a couple times, and then like the video ended shortly after the other guy like tossed him. And then the <laughs> <laughs> it was never heard from again. <laughs> it's, that's the thing is like, I don't know if the editor edited it like that on purpose just to mess with people listening. But I feel like he was like, if I cut it right as soon as Putin falls, 
everyone's gonna think this guy was murdered <laughs> for throwing for throwing Putin. The editor's like, I'm not allowed to show the KGB. I mean, it was all KGB. He's after like that. coming down from yeah. the ceiling, and but I, I would not be all surprised if like like judo in particular and samba both are like they're they're big culturally in Russia, and so I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if he goes into places and. People might pull a little bit and maybe not throw as hard as they can because it's you know it's the president of Russia, but he's an older guy. I mean, like, yeah, he's you know his sixties or seventies yeah. too. But I'm sure like he gets he gets his lumps. I'm sure guys come in there and like, well, I can't do the move on you if you don't let me throw you. So like, yeah. you know what? In, so he's like, okay, well, he's a physical Russian man. I mean, yeah. it's just you look at you know riding with no shirt on a horse. Right. And, well, sports and sports really big. You yeah, know, it's, it's yeah, a big he doesn't part of it. Shit. It's and so it's like I said in particular judo and sambo and and wrestling of course the very physical sports they're very popular um in russia and so that'd be kind of fun to watch i, I would grapple putin hell yeah hell he, he's yeah on my, he's on my list of assuming my life wasn't on the line yeah, yeah. I, you know i probably assuming my life was on the line i would have to assume that like i've somehow been kidnapped and in, in like a prisoner in russia for some reason so if they're okay. like okay. before you die what do you, what's your like last request? Like, I want to grapple Putin. Like, <laughs> make a wish foundation. Yeah. It's, it's like, like uh, you know, if I'm going to die anyways, like, can I just like, can I grapple you? You know, <laughs> it has to be submissions. Like, I don't, you know, I, I'm not just going to let you throw me and then I get killed. It's like, I, I, I at least going to try and heal up the shit out of you. <laughs> like, if nothing else, like, I'm going to try and like break your arm or something. Like, fine. <laughs> you know, my, I'm going to die as you're choked out. Like, whatever. But, He's he's on my list of you know, quote unquote celebrities that I would like to grapple, like you know, for some, someone who's sure. well known, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would totally, uh, even if in his age, he still just fucked me up because his judo's good. Like I'd still be fine with it. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a good uh, experience. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, we should probably end on that. Yeah, note. I think that's a good note. End on end a it. happy note. That's um, right. Yeah. He looking Putin. <laughs> we can't air this, can we? This is. This, this sure will, we can. This will get us in trouble, right? Still America. <laughs> <laughs> For at least another couple months. Right. Yeah, so um, that was the debate. And it was a shit show. Crazy. So crazy, we didn't even really talk about Trump having COVID. We'll talk about that next time. Oh, yeah. That's like <laughs> not even the most important thing. Ah, Unbelievable. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. <laughs> There's another episode of Beyond Red and Blue. I'm Dan Humphrey. That's Bo, uh, Bo Richards over there. And we hope you have a wonderful day, night, or morning, whichever applies to you. Peace, everybody. Peace.